Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My name is Tim Birch and to help us wrap up uh, March with Women's History Month, we've got a very special guest on today. And I've, I'm going to have to ask you, Dominica, uh, make sure I don't butcher your last name. I'm going to have you pronounce it just to make sure I get the pronunciation right. So, okay. so my, my guest is, she is actually the Chief Cadastral Office Surveyor for the BLM. And uh, she's known in the industry as for, like, just telling her about every place I go is it's Miss Dominica, everything, everywhere. So Dominica Van Coten. Van Coten. Okay. And I'm assuming that's a little bit Dutch. It's very Dutch. It's my <laughs> husband's name. And he, he grew up in Holland. Very good. I, I assume so. So uh, just every time I see a name and I think, I think, Oh, I've got this one nailed. I'll, screw it up and Van Cotton or something, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, I better get this straight. So, well, it's we're great to have you on. Uh, we've had a bunch of great women through uh, uh, Women's History Month here in March, and I couldn't think of anyone more uh, suited to help wrap us up uh, with some great conversations about about women in surveying and what you've, you've been able to accomplish in your short career. Um, so, Tell us about what you're doing with BLM right now. What's, what, where are you at and what's, what, what do you currently do? Thanks, Tim. Thank you for having me on and thank you for all the great conversations this month. I've been listening along and it's fun to hear about other careers. Um, so myself, uh, my current position, as you mentioned, is the BLM Chief Cadastral Surveyor. It's, it's a position within the headquarters office of the Bureau of Land Management the Division of Lands, Realty, and Cadastral Survey. Um, I was originally hired into that position a couple years ago, and then since then it, it was relocated to Santa Fe, so I just recently moved from Virginia to Santa Fe, so that's been fun. Um, but the, the headquarters office is really responsible for, um, you know, policy, budget, oversight, and national level type communication. So in my role here, that's where I focus on. I, I don't focus as much on, on the um, on the ground activities. Sure, sure. Well, it, to me, it, it, make, it only makes sense, not that there's not public lands and BLM oversight needed out east, but it just seems like so much public land out west, it makes sense that, the, that uh, a majority of the people are, are out this way. Yes, and that, that's been a recent activity that occurred last year that we, we moved our headquarters to the sure, West. Sure. Uh, how's the commute versus Virginia? <laughs> it's way better. It's a lot better. <laughs> it's oh, way better. I, yeah, I can imagine that's uh, it's it had to have been it had to have been a nice change. So, uh, all right. So, how did you get your start in surveying? What does uh, a late teens, early twenties young woman? How does she discover surveying? So I 
totally fell into surveying by accident mostly, but uh, um, you know, in high school, I grew up on a dairy farm, so I, I was used to working outside and physical activity and, and things like that. Um, but I, in high school, I was very good in math and I actually was also very good in drafting. And I took um, all the drafting courses that my high school offered and really the, the teacher became a mentor to me and I even ended up tutoring his other students that were that were, you know, struggling. And just in passing one day, he had mentioned, you know, you're you're good at drafting, you, you'd be a good surveyor. And then the time came for filling out the application to go to school. And I had waited, of course, longer than I should have, um, but I had to fill out that application at, at Ferris State University and, and you have to pick a major. Um, and so I, I saw surveying and I thought, well, Mr. Frank said I'd be good at it, so let's give it a try and and uh, signed up and was accepted into the program and, you know, four years later, w uh, graduated and, and went to Alaska with the BLM. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I guess that's a little shout out to Ferris State, you said, that uh, lot, a lot of uh, we've, we've got a lot of good surveyors that came out of that school. That's a that's a solid program. And uh, uh I, they, they've turned out they've turned out another one with you as well. So that's good to know. Very good to know. So uh, jumping into the BLM then uh, after school, where where did that path take you uh, within the BLM? Uh, in the BLM, I've, I've been very lucky. I've, I've had a lot of opportunities. I went as a student to Alaska um, and was hired into the field survey branch and was conducting surveys you know, in remote areas of Alaska. And from there, um, after several years, I, I decided I'd rather be in the office and I was getting married at the time. So that kind of played into it. And I took an office job and I wrote special instructions for many years uh, for surveys and uh, really enjoyed doing that and, and seeing, you know, a larger number of, of projects that come through your desk when you're in the office rather than the field. Um, and then moved into supervi supervising and project management and um, had several details um, working in other parts of our organization outside of cadastral, uh, outside of surveying in the lands area and in other areas. Um, and then in 2008, I was um, uh, lucky enough to be selected for the Eastern States Cadastral Chief. And I moved from Alaska to Virginia and was there um, at Eastern States for 12 years before I came to this position. It's been it's been fun. It, it's, I can't believe it's been almost 30 years, that's for sure. <laughs> but it, it, it's been fun and it's gone by pretty fast. Wow, that's, you know, just to, to think it's Michigan to, you know, to, to Alaska, to Virginia, now New Mexico. Wow, that, that has been, uh, been a, quite a nice variety. Um, so tell us a little bit about your role and the, really the, the mission of the Bureau. What, for those who aren't familiar with the Bureau of Land Management, what is their, what is their goal? What is their mission on, and what do they oversee? So that's a great question, Tim. Um, the, so I'm going to just actually tell you what the mission statement is, and sure. then I'll talk about what it means to me a little more. Um, so the, 
The mission statement is to sustain the health, diversity, and productivity of the public lands for the use and enjoyment of present and future generations. So the BOM is about managing lands and resources um, for present and future generations. And we do that um, using the multiple use and sustained yield management philosophy that is contained in our uh, Federal Land Policy and Management Act, FLIPMA. Um, so we use those principles, the public planning process, and determine you know what is the best use for these lands uses because it's multiple use it's not just one use um, some of the programs that are uh, BLM programs that it takes to to conduct that work um, are recreation national conservation lands so special places that are conserved natural resources of course NEPA and planning cultural resources energy and mineral development wildland firefighting, the um, wild horse and burrow program, um, protecting the wild mustangs and burrows in, uh, in the West and help, helping to get those into homes. And then of course our lands realty and cadastral programs. Sure. Um, and so mostly it's, it's about managing lands and resources, but you know, the cadastral and the lands program in particular fall into um, what I like to call the remnant land office functions. So when the BOM was created, it was um, a merger between the general land office and the grazing service. And um, so BLM inherited those uh, land office functions, all of the records, record keeping on the survey side and on the, the patent and conveyance side, all the tract books and all the different records that it took to convey all those millions of parcels out through the, um, you know, through the height of the general land office, land, land business uh, era. Um, so, and, and it just reminds me of, um, this question reminded me of, you know, what are all those other things that we are in our positions other than surveyors? You know, so I'm part of the land management teams, I'm a supervisor, I'm a you know, federal employee that, that has certain things. So, um, you know, everyone is, is really juggling multiple roles in, in whatever position you're in. And it's, um, exactly. You know. No, I, and I think that's what people don't really realize with the public lands is there, it is a huge undertaking to, to manage these millions of acres. I mean, I mean, I grew up in central Illinois with, with, uh, a lot of my aunts and uncles were farmers that, you know, they they might have had a thousand acres and they were, you know, it, it was everything to do for their family to manage it. Here you've got a depart, uh, governmental department that's overseeing millions of acres. And like you said, with wild animals and all these different conditions that uh, that's it's amazing uh, the amount of amount of work that has to be done. Simple, simple as that. And the surveys and the in the land patents in particular, you know, where our mission now is to manage these public resources, but with the surveys and the conveyance records, it's really, you know, we also support the, the private owners who gained land through the system. So, you know, we're the origin title records for millions of acres in the public land survey system states. And so we have a role there to support them, um, answer those public questions that come in, help sort out the real, 
you know, complicated areas and figure out what, you know, what happened with the surveys, what rights were conveyed. Um, so it's, so our role in, in cadastral and in um, the lands program is not just about federal resources, but it's also a help about helping protect those rights that were transferred out of the government by, by interpreting the system and helping to educate. Sure, sure. Well, I guess I want to, I want to, turn just a little bit then into, into actual surveys for for on federal grounds and let's talk about CFEDS for just a second uh, the certified federal surveyor program uh, we've NSPS has had a great relationship with with BLM and, and helping put this thing together um, and creating this program tell us a little bit more what the value is from the BLM side knowing that there are uh, a number of surveyors out there that are working towards this certification that it is a little bit different than just your mom and pop survey, that it does take a, 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 a healthier dose of education and certification to get to that level. Yes, I'd be happy to talk about the CFEDS program, and it, it has been a very successful training program. It's been a great partnership, as you mentioned, with NSPS and, and others along the way. Um, you know, I think one of the great things about it is that it has enhanced that communication and coordination between public and, and private surveyors in many cases. Um, you know, it's kind of emphasized the point that how important land status is when we're surveying, um, especially if it's up against federal lands and, and particularly federal public domain lands or lands that have never left federal ownership. You know, it's helped to really highlight those nuances that can occur between um, parcels with that public domain land status and parcels that are no longer federal or with other other status. And so it's really, you know, to me, it really connects uh, and emphasizes how important that connection between surveying and land status is. You know, the, um, the Supreme Court stated it a long time ago very well that when the lands are granted based on an official plat of their survey, the plat with its notes, lines, um, become as much a part of the grantor deed by which they conveyed as if it was written on the face of, of the deed itself. So, um, and I was paraphrasing, that's not the exact quote, but right. um, you know, that connection is, is really important and, and really important to, to BLM and when we're surveying too. Absolutely. No, you no, you summed it up very nicely because it's amazing that the number of times I've had conversations, especially but a little bit further back east here, we don't have so many people that want their CFEDs because they don't see what it is and what the value of it is. You know, and oh, well, it's just it's just as long as I know the, the PLSS, I'm fine. I could take that. No problem. And then I I, I want to hand them the manual of instructions and some of the, the study material for the CFEDs and they go, Oh boy, I don't think I want to undertake that. I mean, but it, it is a challenge um, because it is a different mindset in having to deal with the government lands. And I, I do also want to mention that, you know, the CFEDS program has been around now for, um, I think, over 15 years. And we're sort of at a point where we're making some improvements. Um, we know that there are some technology challenges right now. And, um, you know, I, I understand that there probably have been some frustrations with some of the students recently, but we are working, we are working to with NSPS and our partnership and, 
and hopefully that we'll have some solution to those in the near future. Oh yeah, I think those are all getting worked out. I think it's I think it's the just unfortunately it's the bugs of growing in so many things. Um in uh you know, it's not to not to to pick on the government, but that's a, it's a big undertaking whether it's uh, whether it's unemployment, whether it's all this other stuff going on in the economy, whatever, it is growing pains. And yes, we've we've come up against some technology that's uh, that is now figured out a way to outdate itself, and uh, we're working towards getting a, a good fix. I think it's uh, really going down a good road, uh, and and really going to be able to promote and continue the the CFEDS program because it has been, uh, it's been a it's been a good program and a good representation for. BLM surveyors and for the public that wants to be able to public surveyor still wants to be able to be engaged in that. So yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely working down towards a good, good role there. All right. I want to take you a little bit back in your career a little bit. Um, I've got to ask you about surveying in Alaska that uh, I've never been there. I can only imagine. I mean, all I think of is cold and snow and brutal and your time in Alaska. What, what was some of your favorite surveying memories from and maybe it's not just Alaska, maybe it's other places, but I got to believe Alaska's got to have a few. But yes, of course it, it does. You know, my field, the days that I've spent in the field and working on the ground, they were they were all great. Uh, I don't know if I could pick a favorite because they, you know, every place is so unique in its own way and and special and has its own characteristics that set it apart. But, um, you know, I I performed original surveys on the North Slope uh, on the Arctic Ocean in Alaska. I also spent quite a lot of time in the Yukon-Kuskokwim River Delta, which is kind of Western Alaska. And there were, you know, there were jokes that, you know, it wasn't a true field season if they didn't have a picture of me in a swamp up to my waist in water. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and the, and I worked uh, in the key, uh, around the Kenai Peninsula a little bit in Alaska, but I also did a um, a, a detailed snowbird assignment at one point in time, and worked in Alaska or in Arizona, and had uh, worked on the Maricopa Mountain Wilderness Area boundary with a crew for several months, and and that was amazing. You know, finding original corners and you know, the dew on the cactus in the morning, it, it was all all beautiful. And then of course, uh, Eastern States, I, I wasn't uh, fully in the field, but I did get out to the field, um, the bayous in Louisiana, um, the, you know, Everglades in Florida, uh, Wisconsin, um, the rice fields in Minnesota, you know, all, all uh, those areas, I couldn't, I definitely couldn't pick a favorite and they were all very uh, unique and I learned something from the crews on everyone and I learned something about, you know, the places and every one of those experiences. That's fantastic. You know, and that's, I said the same thing uh, with Juliana Blackwell, director of NGS a couple of weeks ago, that I think, unfortunately, a lot of us look at people in your positions and go, oh, well, you know, kind of like me sitting in an office, whatever, don't know much about anything about surveying. And until you start talking and realizing how much experience in the field a lot of us have that we've got all these great experiences and hearing yours and seeing, seeing, you know, I guess that's the beauty of having this over a video chat, seeing your face light up while you're explaining about these great serving experiences. Juliana did the same thing, talking about being out 
on a boat along the east shore, um, the east coast, and getting gravity measurements and various things. And you could just it's it, it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to see somebody light up like you just did and uh, explaining explaining your your experiences, because that to me is the essence of being the surveyor and how much this profession really means to us, that it's not just a job. It, it, it's it's a life that uh, we, we've really, really helped us enjoy. So, like I said, I, I appreciate just seeing you light up there. That was that was great. Uh Next one. Okay. So now you've had some time in the field, some time in the office. If you get up in the morning and you know you're going to go either do this particular task in the office or you're going to get to go in the field and do that, do this other thing, what would be that one thing that would just bound out of bed and go, I'm going to go do this today? Survey wise, at, you know, at, at this point in my career, I think that, you know, the things that I enjoy most are, uh, the, is the records research and that, you know, I, I learned so much at Eastern States working there, having moved from Alaska where we had the newest surveys and then moved to Eastern States where it's the oldest surveys in the public land survey system, plus surveys in the colonial states where there's federal interests. And, you know, just seeing that connection that, that this, the system has its fundamental principles and they don't change. And even though the records look different, they were created in a different era, they all have the same fundamental uh, principles behind them. And so for me, you know, digging through uh, a parcel's history, doing that research, figuring out um, what when it was surveyed, what rights were conveyed at what time, and now what is the current land status, that's, you know, that's really, uh, one of the things that I that I love to do and and it the research leads especially within my experience at BLM it, it leads not only to researching the parcel but also researching the organization and where were the records at the time where you know the the land office records moved from surveyor general's offices to land offices um, to different land offices when they closed and then they got transferred to the state when the state was closed and following that, you know, that the, the footsteps of the records, if you will, um, through those through that path to figure out what really happened um, to protect the, the rights that were uh, established by the survey and later by the conveyance records. That's, you know, that's I really enjoy that. That's cool. I mean, and the, you, you hit on it that that's that is a big part of what we do, and following in those footsteps, not just in the field chasing down irons and fences and what have you, but it's it's knowing where that basically that chain of title, how that deed has come through the system, and how the sections were broke up or what have you back out east. So. Um, there's not a wrong answer, but that was a very good answer. So thank you. That's that's awesome. Uh, you touched on it a little bit, um, your Arizona and a few things. Any unique monuments? I mean, it sounds like you've come across a bunch of them with some of the originals. And anything really unique that stands out in your mind that you came across that was like, wow, somebody set a, a chuck wagon wheel or something for, for a section corner or something? I can't think of a unique monument right now, but um, a really unique experience we had several years ago um, was uh, we um, we had the BLM has this leadership team. It's called the executive leadership team. 
and we had the opportunity at Eastern States to host them for one of their meetings that they had. And as part of the field trip, um, you know, they try to get out and see different lands in BLM. As part of the field trip, we took them um, on a, and we actually assigned them to crews and, and had them all re recover a corner of a survey that we had done in Harper's Ferry along uh, Park Service boundary that was right along the Appalachian Trail. And they all got to walk by the Jefferson Stone. And it's just such a, a you know, fabulous place. And to have that opportunity to share, you know, we're we're always sharing, but to have that opportunity to share with our senior leadership and and have them engage with us as a program and see what we do, um, I think that was a really it was a really unique and it was a really fun experience. It was a lot of work to to put together, but it it was very uh, rewarding. Well, that's neat, and and. and that's funny because next year the surveyors historical society for 2022 they're going to meet in harper's ferry and they're going to to reenact some of these things so um that's that's great that you I mean you you were there and already experienced some of the 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 beauty of harper's ferry uh, from what i hear that's a that's a lovely place um and we and the BOM had you know worked for the park or for the park service in several areas in in that in Harpers Ferry, Virginia, Maryland area, and have conducted several different surveys on the the federal lands for the Park Service. Sure, sure. Well, like uh, that, it sounds wonderful. Like I said, I'm once again, I'm I'm jealous. Uh, all right, looking looking back, um, surveying is one of these professions that it's very important that not just the education, the formal education at Ferris bunch of great teachers up there and professors up there, don't get me wrong, um, but through your career, have you had any mentors that just really stood out as, you know, that person really helped help teach me such and such or help me develop these skills or something? Is there anybody that really stands out that uh, you wouldn't mind mentioning or at least discussing uh, what they, what made them a good mentor? Um, of course, yes, I have, and I've had, you know, I've been lucky that I've had many different mentors in my career. Um, you know, in the field, one of my first field crews, um, you know, taught me so much, not only about the technical part, but about the organization and the culture. And, and you know, we became good friends. I've also had great mentors that were supervisors that, you know, then through that relationship gave me opportunities for um, different job, you know, different job opportunities, details and things. Um, I've also had mentors who were my employees that, you know, especially at Eastern States where there were people who had worked their whole career there and I came in new. And so um, they became my mentors of how, how to, you know, survey and manage the surveys in Eastern States. So in that way, I've been really lucky. And, and I have, you know, I sort of have this strong curiosity to know how things work and why they work and how they, you know, how different things are connected. So I'm always asking a lot of questions. I'm continually learning as I move forward. And even in cases where, you know, I've had to interact with, with individuals and had circumstances that weren't positive, I, you know, turn those into a learning more moment and, and make note of the things that, 
that I don't want to do. <laughs> you know, so in a way, they're mentors too, teaching you things that, that you don't want to do. So, um, you know, I think just always looking for uh, how can I learn in this situation? It's been, you know, it's, it's, it's taken me far. It's been a, a good, a good style and philosophy for me throughout the years. Very good. Very good. Well, this, this far in your career and with some, some, some time to go, where do you see the future of surveying? I mean, you've, you've been around just long enough. You've seen some technology changes and how, uh, how we've had to adapt with GPS and robots and GIS and some of these other uh, now drones and remote sensing. Where do you see the future of surveying going with all this technology and really the need to, to, to get more people into, into surveying? Um, well, you know, I think the future for surveying is bright. I think it's always been bright that our economy, our society, they depend on surveyors for many different things, not just boundaries, but for all kinds of other um, activities too. So, um, you know, I think for me personally, and the, over the years, discussions we've had, we, um, on the boundary side have, have always had sort of trouble telling our story and, and getting it out there. And, uh, but I think, you know, getting to know the programs that we support and the, and the other functions that we are supporting has, can really help um, bridge that gap and, and make sure that we, we have a seat at the table when, you know, projects are being uh, just first started and first developed so that we can help help the uh, teams avoid any problems with title or with boundaries. And um, so that's been one of the, one of the challenges, but one of the things I think we're, we're, we're doing well with and, and will continue in the future. You know, I also think um, from my perspective, the, um, the automation of the records and the moving into a, a fully, fully digital environment with our records and with our signature process is something that you know is a challenge for the future um, but i think we're we're up to the challenge and we will we, you know figure out how to to make that and i you know i can imagine the the private sector might be a little further along than we are in blm with that but um but that's another area where i think it will improve our business practices in the long run sure sure no that's great all right i told you i'd keep this to uh, respect your time, I've got one last thing that I've always asked people. You've got basically your 60-second elevator speech with a group of high school students. What would be their, their advice to, to convince them, not really just convince them, but to uh, approach them about being a future, have a future in surveying? I can, uh, I can tell you what, uh, what my approach to that would be. You know, many times when you tell someone, if it was a group of teenagers or a group of adults, sometimes that you're a land surveyor, they they don't they obviously don't know what what that is, and you kind of get that look or, oh, are you the the person standing on the side of the road looking through that thing? You know, that types of things. So I like to um, I like to ask people if they've flown over the western half of the country and ever looked out the window and looked at the squares. And I like to tell them that what, what my job is in this very simplified form 
is you know maintaining those squares and and part of the legacy of the group that created those squares to begin with and uh you know it's really about the whole framework and patchwork quilt of these surveys and occupation lines that i think tells the story um of you know my experiences um, and i actually did have occasion once it was many years ago and i i feel sorry for the young lady but we were on a plane together and she was sitting by the window and she said, I wonder what all those squares are. And so, I mean, and I was sitting next to her. And so I, I went on to explain the whole history of the public land survey system and the settlement of our country. So she couldn't get away from me because we were on the plane. <laughs> I don't know if she, if she enjoyed it or not, but uh, anyway, I never lose the opportunity to educate people about the, the public land survey system and the system that really protects ownership and our ownership rights and all of our property in, in the United States. Very well done. That's a very, that's a great answer. Uh, I tell you what, I, I was looking forward to this conversation with you, Dominica, and uh, you you did not disappoint. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to, to come on. And like I said, there's it's so often that we know of of people in uh, in these positions, uh, very important positions, um, and it's it's nice to to hear how real the, uh, you are with with what you do and and how you relate to to what we do every day. I mean, um, uh, you are a surveyor through and through, so I I I, I appreciate that if nothing else. So uh, uh, thank you for being on. We uh, anything anything coming up at BLM that's uh, that would, you'd like to announce anything anything in the works or are we just kind of business as usual uh, right now we're pretty business as usual we're you know we've just recently had a administration change so you know we're working through through the things that happen with that and so we're pretty much business as usual very good very good um, well like I said, we try to keep these uh, res uh, respectful of your time as well. So um, that'll do it for, for me, Tim Birch, and my special guest today, De uh, Dominica Van Coten. And uh, Dominica, at some point in time, I would like to have you back just to kind of see what's going on at BLM. Sure, that would be great. Well, and thank you. Thank you for asking me. And um, it was a, it's an honor to be featured in this Women's History Month. And um, yes, definitely in the future, I'd be happy to come back. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. We got, we got her on the hook. We'll get her back. So, um, <laughs> all right. And stay tuned for a couple more good episodes coming up in the next few weeks. Um, we've got a lot of great guests. I'm not, I'm not going to tease anybody cause, uh, uh, we like to keep them a little bit of surprise from time to time, but, uh, uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.